This week's episode of the Screenwriter's Rant Room is brought to you by avgearguy.com. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan or videotapes or audio tapes or film rolls that you need to import into your computer, check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name of this podcast, when you order, you'll get 5% off and a portion of your order will go to help support the rant room. All these formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All of your memories could be stored safely on the cloud or on a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AVGearGuy.com has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media, digital and analog, and they can accept orders from anywhere in the United States. Don't forget to mention the Screenwriter's Rant Room and get 5% off your order. For more details, visit their website at avgearguy.com. I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Rant Room What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest. You guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Well, we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? It is, it is what it is. What it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Uh, we got the team in the house. Of course, Chris Derrick isn't here today. He got a meeting like he's busy or something. You know what I mean? On a Sunday. He ain't doing on nothing. A, on a Sunday. He ain't got What's no up? job. <laughs> anyway, we miss you this t- today, Chris. But today we got Lisa Bolakaja in the house. How you doing, Lisa? Good. Hanging in there. Just hanging yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. What's the weather like down there in San Diego right now? Oh, it's actually hot as hell. <laughs> so even when I go outside on my mom's deck and it's like you try to catch it, there's no breeze. There's no breeze whatsoever. And I, you know it's hot when late at night you hear the coyotes in the canyon next door <laughs> howling and complaining. It's like, I, Are feel, you guys you, in the I feel you. We're, yeah, where we kind of live at, we're, um, we're in between like Bonita and like Spring Valley. Like, you know, we're like 10 minutes, literally 10 minutes away from the border. So it's kind of like the hilly Bonita area, kind of like, but like literally the next block over, there's like a big, like little canyon that the wildlife hang out and it's where I go walking. Like you could take a long walk and have a beautiful, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, plants and things and rabbits come out on the sidewalk and say hi to you and stuff. And coyotes <laughs> walk up and down the street. So, you know, it's nice. And I can go a really long, long walk, you know, without having to really deal with other people. And, right. you know, it's just nice, but it's been so hot. And like, usually this is the time of year I'm usually at the Bay or at the beach. So or, or at Comic-Con. No, I leave town for Comic Con. I don't go to Comic Con anymore. <laughs> I, I retired. Listen, 
I may go just to stop in for like a couple places if people are in town, but I usually leave that weekend because it's ridiculous. Like it's mm-hmm. too, it's too much. And it's too, like all my regular haunts that I go to get the space is taken up. I can't even walk in Belboa Park. I can't even <laughs> go to my coffee shop. You know, it's like, it's just really hectic when people are there and it's just gotten really bad over the years. I mean, I was glad they canceled it because I kind of figured they were this year. But yeah, normally I'm at the beach or at the bay, but man, it's hard. I mean, I'm a homebody anyway and an introvert, so I'm comfy, but it's just the heat is just so bad. And even when you go outside and living in San Diego where we're really close to the beach, we're not even getting the lovely, you know, marine Mm -hmm. layer, the nice offshore. We're not getting any of that for the last week. So, ugh. Awesome. <laughs> it's been rough. We got, we got Tracy Grant in the house hanging out with us, writer himself. What's up, bro? Love to hear you got good shit going on. No, we can't get into it, but I'm happy about it. That's what's up. That's what's and up. Happy to be with both of my sisters today. That's uh, the stars are aligning because that's <laughs> yes. And then we got Linnell White herself. How you doing, Linnell? I'm been good. A minute. It's, it's good. I know I haven't seen. You guys, I, Hilly, you and I have been on a, a different, like, I've we seen you a little bit. Yeah. No, we've seen, yeah, we've been texting about drama, bullshit, whatever. But, um, you know, we're, you, you and I are working together on a, that other thing with Get It Made. So I've seen you on other video calls, but I haven't seen Tracy and Lisa in, like, forever. It's like. Yes, um, months. Months. Yeah. months. Yeah. I'm trying to think Ever. of the last time I did see you in person. Uh, don't tell me, don't tell me it was, like, Halloween. Was it Halloween? It might have been. Oh, it might have been. That's like yeah, because months. yeah, because it was like my birthday. Remember we yeah. all went to the, yes. um sweet chicks. Or yes. Birthday. Yes. Yes. And yes. Then you yes. and I did Halloween Horror Nights, yes. which is canceled right. this year, by the way. I know. I saw that. It's like, oh no, mm-hmm. it's, it's really bad. bad. Listen, everything's this is twenty twenty. Everything is canceled. That, Every- if you operate, if you operate from that baseline, that's right. just like expect everything to be canceled, then you won't, you won't be disappointed. Yes. You oh, have low expectations, no. just know it's not going to be. So yeah. like, think, so, think, so, think of so, the whole year as kind of a right. walk. It's, not, it's right. over. Right. So when I, it's gravy. When I saw baseball, when I saw my Yankees on playing the other day, I was like, oh, well, this is just so pleasant. This is just, I'm so fortunate to even have this right here because there wasn't going to be a baseball season right. you know, right. at all. So we're going to have a 60-game season. Yankees are going to win everything and go to World Series and take it all. Dodgers can kiss my ass. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> tell, tell us how you really feel about the Dodgers. <laughs> oh, well, and, you know, I mean, the Dodgers, I don't have nearly the vitriol for the Dodgers that I do for the freaking Red Sox. Like, the Red Sox are the Yankees. Just, if you want to have a Joker to a Batman, that's the Red Sox and Yankee situation. Like, like I mean, I, like I've been on dates and a dude is like, "Oh, I like the Red Sox." I'm like, mm, "Well, we're done. We're done." Okay, over. <laughs> like, <laughs> check even came. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I actually have the shirt on. Look, I got the shirt okay. on. Look, 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 look Okay. The, the, I don't claim the Cardinals at all because yeah, I I lived in St. Louis for a while, but I was born and raised in New York. I'm a New Yorker, you know. Right. So my dad I, used to I, take, my dad used. My dad used to take me to Yankee Stadium when I was just a small, you know, kid. And I, I just grew up watching baseball, always loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, with, I, I need to write some sort of baseball movie at some point about the, there was Negro, there was a Negro women's league at some point that I need yeah. to like search and do something yeah, about. You, yeah. you need to do that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, y'all ready? Well, let's mm-hmm. go on ahead and get on into the show. <clears throat> so um, today... I was telling you guys offline 
that we're in an interesting time where, and I, I wonder, Linnell and team, if, if this is happening, and I'm going to get into what it is, I wonder if it's happening because we're at home and because everything is on Zoom and Skype and blue jeans and all these other things. So what's happening is I was telling the group offline that I'm getting calls from lots of emerging writers. I've had at least seven of them in the last month who are going out to managers, particularly managers, by the way, um, who want to read their stuff, but also want to either have them send them the pitch to the project they wrote or a Bible to the thing that they wrote. And they're all like, can you send me a sample? I'm like, why do you need that for a, a manager? <laughs> you know what I mean? So the first I was like, well, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And I was like, okay, if this is the pivot that where it's going for whatever reason, then I want to be ahead of that and teach people what they need to do. So, you know me, I'm always trying to look at the positive side of it. So I figured let's talk a little bit about you know, elements you should have in your pitch document and elements you, you should have in your Bible. So um, let's just talk some general stuff about the thing that, but here's, here's what I wanted to say. The things that bothers me about asking you to send me my pitch document is that we have, Tracy and Linnell and, and Lisa, we all know, at the Guild, we have this thing where we say never leave anything behind. So I'm, it, it's curious to me that they want me to send me your my pitch document, you know, it's like, why would you want that? Now, I understand if you want to read it just so you get a sense more of what my world is, but not understanding why you want, are you going to, you're going to send it out to other people? I mean, what, what are you doing with it? So I wanted to talk to you about those elements first. I'll start with you, Tracy, since you're, you got, you have one of those managers who asked for that type of stuff. Well, I think the distinction that you made is important in terms of if your reps are asking for both documents, that is or either potentially or. Right. a bit of a red flag. Or either or. Like, right. the script is still the thing. I don't care what anyone says, what any reps ask for. The script is still the thing. Right. And obviously, once you feel like the script is ready, particularly a TV pilot, that episode... You know, a pitch document or pitch deck or a Bible, a show Bible, is documentation of not only your show's world, but of course, it's a demonstration of whether or not the show has legs for multiple seasons. Has the writer considered right. episode arcs through the seasons and that whole thing? So, if you're if if someone is asking for both of those things. You know, a decision is really being made with both when perhaps the decision should initially be made with the script. Like, if you're a writer, you're going to have to work all of those things out once you feel like the script is ready anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but if, if a rep is asking for both, there should be some specificity around why there's a need for the... Uh, the show Bible and the pitch doc. In in my case, I was asked for uh, a show Bible and pitch deck only after they had been on board with the script. Right. And so, you know, Tiana and Daniel, this this new agency, their interest in me had nothing to do with my 
show Bible or pitch deck. Mm-hmm. But it was a very specific conversation after the script had kind of passed muster that said, you know, we do things in a bit of a non-traditional way. And it's really about marketing for us in a big way. Mm-hmm. And we know a lot of writers still have challenges with that. And we have to work some of us, you know, we're not in our comfort zone in terms of our own marketing, our own photographs or headshots, for example. And you say, well, I'm not, a, I'm not an actor. What do I need? But these days, to your point about this new environment. Hey, Tracy, I don't know if you're touching your shirt. It's, it's, it's dangling. It's uh, making noise, just so you know. Okay. Is this, yeah. is this better? Yeah, I, th- I feel like you were like touching your shirt or something so I could hear the muffle of it moving. Probably. So I'm trying. Just, get yeah, just try to keep still if you can. Okay. There you go. So I just think the script is still very much the main thing. Right. And the show Bible and pitch deck can be a document that supports that. That's really what it was intended for. But people asking for both, it's really more, it should be more of a specific question. Like, can you back up mm-hmm. the assertion that you've created something that has legs, that goes for multiple seasons, that has a clear show engine, and mm-hmm. has an understandable show world? Really, the initial reader should get all of that from the script. And then if they want to take it somewhere that requires a show Bible, or wherein a show Bible would help, that's something else. But the script is definitely still the thing, so we don't want new writers to get the wrong idea about that. Sure. What, what are your thoughts, Linnell? So I, I agree with Tracy. What are you saying about this, the script being the thing? I think, you know, you talked about a different climate because of the pandemic. I'm going to go back even further that I think the role of manager has changed a little bit since uh, our, our fight with the agencies and we fired okay. them all um, over, you know, over a year ago. So we have a lot of managers who are now behaving a little bit like managers plus or taking on some of the roles of an agent so that they are out here sell, sell, sell um, as, as their goal, as opposed to, you know, there's there's some managers are going to be, you know, focused on selling a thing and then, uh, or marketing. And there are other managers going to be like, okay, you're a baby writer. I want to build your career. I will like, we're talking, we're thinking long-term where you're going to be in five years and 10 years. We want to get you staff. We want like, they're trying to position you for something. So I think some of this with, Hey, because I, I, again, I have a classmate of mine from UCLA who got asked to not only for the script, but also for the pitch deck and the series Bible and maybe one other thing. I can't remember what. And I was like, bro, that's a, I was like, that's a lot of work right up. I was like, that's a lot right up the top. I was mm-hmm. like, why? If you and I'm thinking, if you don't like the first ten pages of his script, you ain't gonna look at the pitch deck or whatever, whatever. Exactly. But if you're sure. out here, but if you're out here with the goal of trying to sell, sell, sell quickly and capitalize, then maybe you are. So I think we're in this region of this managers plus situation where people are looking at like, I need you to bring something to me that's ready made that I can take out for development or to sell or to sort right. of get some hooks in right away. And then maybe not as focused on, you know, the, the day-to-day. Like, I'm about to send an outline to my manager, and he's going to have to sit and read that. Like, that's a grind. When you got mm-hmm. several clients, and they're all going to send you their material, and you're all, you're all like, and you're constantly trying to get them staffed. Like, that's, that's a grinding type thing to have to do. Um, but, you know, some are opting for, like, okay, no, the best way I can support you is to try and sell this thing right at the top. It just depends on what your flavor is. Right. No, those are those are all interesting reasons. I love that you brought up 
that, you know, now ever since we left our agents, which I'm really excited about, I get to go back to UTA. I should have a meeting with them tomorrow um, with the team. So I'm, I'm happy I get to re get all that shit refigured out again. Um, and so I, I love how you brought that up that, you know, it's almost like the, the managers themselves are doing a pivot. They're like, wait a minute. So we don't have them. We don't have the agents. So I guess that means for now, because I remember we okayed them that they actually probably can negotiate a little bit now during this time. Like they have this little free will, if I recall. I remember reading that somewhere. Um, <clears throat> so I could see them making a pivot on that. But what I'm hearing, because I've actually had a talk with, um, with, with, with your manager, um, um, Tracy, and uh, um, Tiana, and she was telling me, for example, that it's a lot more difficult for her as she's building her company that the companies are expecting her to come with elements. So, so partly why she's asking for these is to have ammunition behind her, you know? So it's not like here's the script, here's the script and the Bible and the pitch or whatever else that they have. You know, go ahead, Trace. I, I think there is also a bit more of a visual element to all of this than there may have been in the past. For sure. Given all of the meetings now are done virtually. And there's a lot more social media activity particularly on Twitter and Instagram right. is associated with writers that we may not have considered on the level that it is now, even seven, or eight years ago. Mm. So that, that visual piece is there, but I don't want any writers listening to think that that should somehow or can replace or take the place of the script in any way because that right. that's just that's not the case so we don't want it we don't want any confusion around that yeah and i'll say this i mean i haven't haven't bounced a lot between representation in in my brief stint so far in this business i've had one agent <laughs> and two managers and and no one has ever asked me for a serious bible or uh you know a pitched document or they just they just want the scripts and sometimes i've had people ask for um you know, another script, hey, do you have something else I can read? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Just so I can get a sense of like your voice and what else you can do. Um, you know, but so I've never had any, I've never had anyone ask about Reptop. And, and recently, I, we, there's a producer potentially interested in developing one of my um, scripts. Mm -hmm. and, and I told him right at the top, I was like, yeah, I have a serious Bible. He was like, oh, no, no, hold off on that. I don't even need to see that right now. Let me go and take the temperature and see if this place, this place, and this place will be interested. Once they, you know, once they, mm. I pitch them the general idea and, you know, give them the script or whatever, let me see if they'd be interested in even, you know, going forward. And then you and I can sit back and talk about, or, or you and I can regroup and talk about the series Bible. And I was like, okay, dude, that's stand up. That's honest. Like, he's like, he's like, I don't want you doing a bunch of work, you know, yeah. right up. Because what I told him was, I was like, I have a series Bible, but it's not reflective of the most recent rewrite I just did on the script. Like, I did a, right. a, a that overhaul. Too. Right. Mm, overhaul. Right. So I had to go. So then I'm like, hey, let me be honest with you. Series Bible right now is 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 based on version 2.0. We're on 3.0. I would need to go back and tweak the Bible. And he was like, oh, don't worry about that yet. Let me just go take the temperature and see right. before you right. go do extra work for free. Mind you, exactly for free. Yep. It's for free. Okay. It. It's true. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he <laughs> made it clear to Linnell why he was asking for the document and what it was used for. So if it's not really clear and explicit, mm -hmm. then there's a little work to be done. And we have to ask the right questions. Sometimes we're so thirsty, yeah. Yeah. just somebody has any level of interest that we're just very quick to respond. So oh. you got to well, be clear what's being done with that, 
with that show Bible. But Linnell, you said something that sparked something to me, and I realized because you've you've been you've been in this game for like you know what like seven eight years now, six mm -hmm. seven years or whatever, mm -hmm. and um, and then I wonder if you know remember you came in unorthodox right oh yeah very much you, so. you didn't you didn't get in like a lot of other people do no right? i didn't come up i didn't come up through the assistant ranks uh, i wasn't here hustling in town like here there everywhere i didn't know a lot of people and i still don't know a lot of people and that's something I'm, right. i work on all the time and the way my manager and i right now are working on that you know because uh, my jobs all come from referrals you know like right. i knew somebody here there they just sort of refer right. me or every whatever. single job you've gotten you've gotten yes because you knew somebody yes. for sure yes so where so, i was going with that was uh, sorry to interrupt you i, I apologize I wanted to forget my thought is i wonder if partly and this kind of goes with what 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 um tracy was saying also i wonder if there these managers are thinking with the more emerging writers they have to go this route I, 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 that's that's what I'm curious to know. Maybe yeah. that's what it is to make sure that they have the proof is in the pudding. I'm wondering if that's what's coming from. Well, but I'm wondering because like if she already has a else, they already have a Tracy who's already been on shows before. They can they can use that as ammunition. They don't have to use here's their pitch deck and here's all that other stuff. But for a younger, more emerging writer, maybe they need that. I'm just wondering. Yeah, like, I mean, wh then why wouldn't you ask for a second script? Why don't you say, yeah, hey, yeah. Give, give me, give me another script that maybe is a different, is, is different in tone or different in, ter in terms of subject matter or whatever. I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't ask for another script. Well, it's right. one other yeah. thing that that I was starting to hear, and this is an important distinction for us. You know, you have attempting to staff a TV writer stay on staff or get to the next level and then you also have an attempt to sell a pilot mm -hmm. and so selling a pilot is obviously very difficult you know without a track record the show bible can be a tool to aid in terms of selling to a potential production company i think at a point in time when there's enough interest someone may ask for it um, but you know, that's also between, you know, if the company's interested or we feel like we'd like to have it, we're being optimistic. So, you know, give us this so that we have, we can answer promptly when they ask for it is that kind of thing. Right. And again, it's, you know, but you, you want some clarity around that. And it's a good exercise for writers. Certainly like if you've done everything the script is supposed to do, then doing a show Bible really shouldn't be that big of a deal. If you worked out the story world and the engines and the yeah. arc for season right. and ideas for multiple episodes, like you need to have all of that anyway. So it's really a building block to use. But again, without the script really being ready, that that's that's kind of it's a premature kind of discussion. I want, to, I want to bring up a key distinction here that sometimes we forget also that uh, managers can also produce, right? Yes. So it could be also the, the, the thing that some of these managers are, are looking for this extra, you know, pitch document, some sort of slideshow, some sort of series Bible, because they want to attach themselves as a potential producer. You know, mm. that could be also, because sure. they, mm. they can do that, you know, and, and whereas agents cannot produce your style. Right. Um, which, which I find funny too. You think about this. We all just left our agents for packaging. 
but yet managers have jumped on that like a hundred times pro. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've heard it from every writer friend of mine since we've left. Now all their managers are jumping on board to produce the projects. So I'm like, isn't that the same thing to like a, to some extent? So like I've even dealt with it with, with my own manager where I have a project that I'm on. I got him on the call with the entire team and they loved them so much. They reached out to him and was like, dude, we'd love for you to come on board and help us produce this thing because we know you can help us get in these doors. So he called me out of respect and said, Hilliard, I'm letting you know that they reached out to me. I was like, I have no problem with that. The only thing I need from you is for you to be very forthright with me about what you're getting and what you're doing. So if you're getting something better than me, this isn't going to work. I said it just like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I said, so let's just be open. You're going to see my contract. I want to see yours. You know, and he was like, bet. You know what I mean? So I think that we have to have that type of conversations with our reps. And we have to know that it's okay to do that. A lot of people are like quiet and don't say anything. I don't want to mess this mm -hmm. up. I'm like, no, you work for well, me. Well, it's, it's the thirst. It's the thirst <laughs> yeah. that's out there. And yeah. everyone's just so thirsty. Oh, I got somebody. You know, it's like, you know, it's someone's actually like picked me, you know, and I'm like, oh, and, and we get, I, I, I'm so past the thirst and so over it. And just like the thirst will lead you to make some bad decisions. It oh, really yeah. will. And it'll lead you into some, some bad situations. The point I was getting at earlier about, you know, um, how I didn't come in the business, you know, normally. And, and, you know, so the thing that I, I want, you know, people who are, I hate the term baby writers, but just like, you know, lower emerging. level writers, emerging, 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 emerging. emerging writers, or lower level writers. What what I want people to understand is, um, you know, you, you can spend a lot of time on a damn pitch document, right, and, or a series bible. To me, those aren't the same kind of currency in our business as a script because during the pandemic, and and this goes back to me trying to like network and know more people in the business because I didn't, I came up, I came into this very unorthodox way. Right. What's been getting me meetings is the script. Not like some extra other shit, not some pitch document, not some, like they're not reading the Bible. Like people want to see that you can write. That's the pri you know, primary thing. So people are reading, were meeting with me and like, oh, we read your script. We liked it. We wanted to know more about you. Um, and that's what you want. That's going to, you know, especially as a lower level writer where you maybe don't have, you don't know a lot of showrunners. You don't know a lot of, but you need to try and connect with these execs these um, you know, production companies at various mm -hmm. places so that they, you can get on certain people's radar or lists so that when there is an opening, they can say, oh, well, how about Hilliard? How about Tracy? How about Lisa? Does it make sense? And, and I'm glad you... Go ahead, Tracy. Go ahead. Well, it's very simple. If, if you have only one or two scripts or one or two pilots, for example, you probably don't need to be thinking about a show Bible or pitch doc. You're probably better off getting another script up to yeah. where it needs to be. I, I totally feel you on that. Yeah. So you have a full arsenal. And now, if there's some real interest in a show Bible, that, that should come after someone has uh, responded positively to, to the script. I do, I do think the reason why I wanted to talk about this, and as we get through this episode, we'll talk more about elements of things you can put in your show. I do think it's good practice for them to know how to write one because there's nothing like being in a situation where say you sell your show and they're like great give me the show bible for it and you're like i've never even written one before <laughs> you know what i mean you want to be in a position where you're always ready and where you can do things fast and efficient you know what i mean 
can you guys go get, can, can, can you guys give the listeners like resources where they can actually see what a show bible looks like oh god they're everywhere what's javi javi has this i, his, I think uh, john i think john john, august. john august probably has one on his website too he i mean does. and there's a million different ways to do it i can't say that there's one way to do it i've heard people doing show right. bibles that are 20 pages you right. know, and the ones I've done are like, you know, th- four to five, you know what okay. I mean? Okay, um, okay. Um, you know. <laughs> Studio Finder also has a good template, takes you through all of the steps, all of the different sections that you need. Yeah. Yvette, Yvette Vargas has, you know, her workshop that I think is one of the best um, that I've seen. Pilar, of course, we, we always talk about her. Um, also, there's um, one floating around with the Stranger Things guys. If you want to see a pitch deck, they they did a they did a pitch deck of you know of their sh- you know their show. That's that's really good. Um, it's floating around the internet somewhere. Okay, good. Just want to make sure yeah, you can literally just go on Google and write it in pitch decks. Like, how do you okay. write them? How did you whatever? But you'd be surprised at how many people don't Google because I've gotten you know texts, emails, whatever. People are like, do you have the script for Grey's Anatomy? I'm like. Yeah. That shit is on the internet. (laughs) 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 And that's that's a note for all the listeners. Stop. Sometimes sometimes I wonder if if people reach out to us just to to be in touch and to hear our voice. You know, like, oh, I'll reach out to them and ask them this question. I'm like, you're better off finding out the question and saying, hey, I just heard this thing. Does that make sense to you? Like, let's have a conversation about it. Don't call me about something you can find out on the internet. I would rather you not. Mm. <laughs> he said, I would rather you not. I really would. I'd rather <laughs> you not call me. Because well, I'm more likely going to tell you what it is and then say, you know you can find this on the internet. A lot yeah. of people don't want to do any work. Don't be lazy. Don't you know? be lazy. Mm. But if you come out and say that, you know, it makes you sound kind of crazy. And right. so they're going to ask a question, which, you know, the answer to which requires you know, all of you, all of us do all of this work, and then they kind of have their information and they haven't had to lift a finger. That's what a lot of people want, but they're not going to admit that. And and I also wonder, too, if they want, like, if they want to, like, cut out all the the unnecessary work, like, maybe, like, asking the question, like, is there some place I can just go to right away as opposed to, like, Googling Everybody a whole bunch wants of stuff. the shortcut. Everybody yeah, wants it's the like, could you just give me the shortcut? You know, yeah. give me the clip notes. Give me the clip Everybody notes. Everybody wants the diet pill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to go back on something, Linnell, that you were gym. talking about. Give me the pill. <laughs> exactly. A moment ago, just to, just to piggyback off of something, you were talking about you, you've been sending your scripts to people and they've mm-hmm. been calling you and going, hey, we like you. Mm-hmm. Let's listen mm-hmm. to this person. <clears throat> Chris and I talk about this a lot on the show about how younger writers misunderstand what this whole game means. So, for example, you know, Linnell, if you send your script to said producer, exec or whatever, agent, manager, whoever, more than likely they're going to read the thing to see if they even want to meet with you, right? Whereas a younger writer sends a thing, somebody wants to meet them, they think they want to shoot it. Mm. They think they want to sell it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh no, it's days. just a meeting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just a meeting. And so what I what the, the thing that Chris and I talk a lot about is actually how it happens is because I'm in this situation now, you send a script out to somebody. Either they want to meet with you to say, hey, you're an awesome writer. We're doing these things too. Do you think you could write any of these? Right? Or they'll go, wow, this is amazing. This isn't something we want to do, but you know what? 
I think we should buy it to put it on the shelf over there because we don't want anybody else to touch it. And all of a sudden, business affairs reaches out to you, <laughs> you know, and you get a call. <laughs> you know what I mean? You get your manager, your agent's like, we got a deal. You're like, what? <laughs> you know, I haven't even met them yet. It's like a weird thing that happens. That's how you sell shit. Either it sells or you come in for a meeting based on something you wrote and you just go in and meet them. And that's how you get those writing assignments that I fucking do too many of them of, mm. <laughs> you know? All of a sudden, and I, you know, but that's a whole nother art I tell people about all the time about you go on these meetings after they read a script of yours and, and they're, they're, they fall in love with whatever thing you wrote. And I'm really good at asking them what's their passion projects they're trying to do. You know, they'll go down a list of here's mm -hmm. all the projects mm -hmm. we're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, yeah, but what else? What's the thing you really want to do? I'm like, oh, well, there's this other thing. And mm -hmm. everybody, every producer has it. Mm -hmm. Every producer, every executive has that other thing they want to do. And I listen for that one. And I go, oh, and I'll hear something in there. I'm like, oh, it reminds me. Like, remember that story you told me about that new project? Well, trip this out. When I was seven, my mom did this thing. I always go back to my childhood. And they go, wow, this dude's got a whole nother pivot story idea that I never would have came up with. He's got a point of view. You know what I mean? And so, like right now, I've got four different projects I'm, I'm pitching because I had a meeting on fucking Zoom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I asked them what they wanted to do. You know? I know yeah. that's a whole other thing, but I'm just telling you about how you got to realize that, that sending your script out to somebody is not, to, is not necessarily mm -hmm. going to help sell it. If you get a meeting with them, it's because they liked your writing mm -hmm. and they wanted to meet with you. Now it's your job to get some sort of an assignment based on something they did. It, go ahead. To me, the script is a currency that can give you the first step into building a lasting partnership or relationship with someone going forward in your career, right? So you'll, you'll send the script, some exec likes it, and then, you know, from there on, Maybe the, you, you don't, there's not something that's a right fit for you right now. Maybe they don't have, you know, a, a staffing job for you or they don't, they're not ready to develop the script that you just wrote, but they'll keep you in mind for something a year from now, two years from now, or when, let's be honest, some of these execs and stuff, they move around from place to place. Now it's like, oh, I'm not at ABC anymore. I'm over here at, yep. um, you know, Disney Plus and we're looking for dot, 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 dot. I think you'd be good for this. So I, I just feel like. You know, just I don't like the term networking, but it's just in turn, you know, you just have to sort of build connections with people yes. and who, who get your work, who get what you're about. Um, and I, I kind of do the, the opposite of what you do, Hillier. When I'm in the general meetings, I don't necessarily like I get what I get. You know, I understand what's on their plate, what their slate, what they're working on. But also make sure they know that here are the passion projects I'm working on right of now. Of course. You know, yes. in, ca in case that, you know, for every reason they're having lunch with some some other person and somebody's like, hey, you know, I think I want to do something about World War II and women. And then, oh, my God, you need to talk to Linnell because, da -da -da -da, you know, da -da -da. Right. Um, so I always, always make sure they know here's Agreed. here's my here's my wheelhouse of shit that yeah. I'm really worked up about that. I am slaving away at the computer during the pandemic, you know, to try and work on because it's so important to me. You know, think of me when any of this shit comes up. Right, right. hit on it, you know, those meetings are usually the beginning of a relationship. It's the right. very, very first step. And both of you, of course, have enough experience. You know how to get something out of the meeting, even if it's a general. And so you just got to be clear about that going in. If it's right. about information and other potential gigs, 
other people that they can refer you to, other people that they can uh, help you send your script to, whatever it is, you kind of have to go in with that clarity. You can't just go in, you know, do your elevator pitch and kind of hope that you vibe. You have to find a way to make it substantive. Yes. Talking about their material, your additional material, whatever that next step is going to be. And then Linnell also had a really important point that follow-up, if the person moves or mm-hmm. gets promoted, you don't want to be that person who hasn't come up with anything new in a year right? or even I, six months. I find that I'm, and I, I got to tell you, like people ask me about <clears throat> like doing this podcast and Lisa, you know, we've been doing this thing since 2014. I wonder I don't know how it's helped you, but for me, I feel fearless because of this. Like it doesn't matter who it is, doesn't matter what level they're on, I'm never nervous. So yeah. I take that into my meetings now. Yeah. And now I'm so used to just talking to big level showrunners or whoever it is that it doesn't phase me to go into such and such's office. So I'm so relaxed. So I find that when I'm having a conversation, I'm never worried like, what am I gonna say? What am I gonna talk about? Because you guys know when we do the show, nothing is really planned. We just go. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and I feel like that's the most normal, um, spot, spontaneous way to go. And it keeps the conversation feeling fresh. I'm not like sitting trying to come up with shit. We're having a conversation, you know? And I can't tell you how many times I go on these meetings. And then when I walk out, like, dude, that was like my, I had all week. They'll tell me that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I know it because we were laughing the whole time. Five minutes in, we're high-fiving about something. You know what I mean? So that's that's what it, I know we're jumping all off the subject. Well, I, well, I mean, Hillary, I'll say that goes back to being sort of, sort of a well-rounded person in general. There's some writers that come across that are like, all they do is write, write. I'm, I'm, I'm grinding, I'm writing my computer. Even when I'm sick, I'm vomiting in a trash can right next to my computer. <laughs> then I'm back writing. It's like, like, I'm changing my desk. It's like, okay, bro, but are you living? High? Yeah, are you, are you living? Live a right. big, expansive life so you have a lot of stuff to talk about and also consume some content so that when you go in there, you're like, hey, have you seen this little fires everywhere? Have you seen, you know, whatever's in the zeitgeist or whatever? You know, and it's hard to keep up with there's so much content out there, but just, you know, I mean, I've walked in, I've walked in this back when we did walk in people's offices for meetings. I've walked yeah. in someone's <laughs> office. Well, we saw human face to face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm in someone's officer meeting, and I see a book on the shelf, and I'm like, "Oh, I read that too." That you know, you can yeah. just so it just goes yeah. back to like, or don't let me walk in someone's office and they got a damn airplane on a shelf or, or yeah. something. On the floor. I'm like, "Oh, okay, let me tell you," you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, yeah, you just find those commonalities, or some. Oh, if I walk in someone's office and they got a damn red sack, red socks, you know, uh, <laughs> and, and I'm like, "Oh." I this see. ain't gonna work. Clearly, <laughs> this relationship is not. It's gonna be a tenuous relationship. Well, did you like the script? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, chasing teams is trash. But <laughs> back to my material. Okay. Well, but that's all the material. Like people sold out okay. Their yes. Yes. So, oh my God. so let's so let's talk a little bit about some of the elements we have in the pitch. Because um, here, here, first of all, here's what I wanted to preface. <clears throat> this is regarding your pitch and re- regarding your show Bible. Here's the, here's the key nobody knows. There's no rules to it. 
I could, Linnell could show you hers. I could show you mine, Tracy, Lisa. We all would write them differently. We might start in a different place. Our introduction might be different. You know what I mean? Where we introduce ourselves might be another place. How we introduce the world might be like three, three um, notches down. We might not even mention the title until later. Some people do it at the top. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, some things you say for curiosity reasons. You know what I mean? And it's all about the tone. That's you right. know what I mean? So, so I say that in preface to say, because people are like, well, I don't know how to do it. So I'll just say here, here are the elements you need to have in your pitch. You need to have the title, right? You need to have the format. You need to have the genre. You need to have the time period, the world, the log line. You know, what's the concept? What's the high cut with the hook? You know what I mean? Who are the main characters? You know what I mean? And why you and why today? You know, in essence, those are some of the biggest elements you need in your pitch. You know what I mean? Where you put them in is you. How you put them in is you. You know what I mean? Your, your tone and, and, and what I, what I want to make sure is if you're writing a horror thing, it feels like that. If you're writing a comedy, it doesn't have to be like, ha, 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 ha. But the tone has to feel light in a way that I feel like it's a comedy. You know what I mean? If it's dark, it should, it should feel eerie. It should feel, you know, all those things. And there's ways to describe things and use adjectives and the verbs that make it pop. So, so That's critical. Right, right. So I'm sorry. It is critical for that document. And certainly when you go on the pitch, you have to be able to verbally express all of those things in a way that the, the show Bible or the deck or whatever does for you visually. Yes. And so it's a combination. You have to have all of those things. But for, for television specifically, in addition to that, I think people are going to be looking for what about those remaining nine, 10 or 11 episodes? What is this first season really about? Like, where are we going to be at the end of this season? And that has to be as inviting or entertaining as, as the reader, the pilot was. Right. And, and one of the mistakes that a lot of people do when they write their pitch is they get to, so I usually write like, I'll, I'll get through like my opening, like introduction and all this cool stuff. And then boom, I'll hit you with the teaser, right? Just to grab you. And it's usually very visual. Y'all know how I write. It's a very visual thing. I'm, I'm like on my feet, I'm moving like this. I got my hands going, I'm describing things and boom, boom, we fade to black. You know what I mean? I, I, I used to be an actor, so I give you a performance, right? And then I transition and I go, and that brings us to the pilot. You know, and I, and I talk to you. Right. So every new title, every new topic, I'll say, for example, so let me hit you with the teaser. You know what I mean? That brings us to this. Now, let's get to what you guys all came to hear about the characters. You know, I'm talking to you the entire time and you feel the tone in that type of a way. So it keeps you interested. It keeps you leaning in. You know what I mean? On the things that I'm talking about. And so when I get to, for example, the pilot, I'll go through the pilot, but it's not every beat. You know what I mean? And when and, and here's one thing that I do. Like, for example, when I set up the characters, I'll set up maybe my first four or five main characters, but just the main elements you need to know about them, right? Just enough information so when I talk about the pilot, you know who most of those characters are, right? You know what the relationship is to the hero or the antagonist or whatever that is, right? And as I get through the pilot, I start doing this thing. So later, we're on our journey through this thing, and our hero's doing whatever. I'm just spitballing, right? 
And I'll say, so we'll come over the bridge and then boom, we're going to meet Justice. Justice is this character, such and such and such and such. Just a little line or two, right? She's the opponent to this thing. Now, and then we go back to our hero. Here's what he's doing on that bridge, right? And I'll, I'll just tie it in so I'll start to introduce some of those supporting characters in the pilot so that you don't have 20 characters you're introducing when you get to your character, you know, bio part. I'll introduce only my four or five main ones. And through my pilot, I'll introduce the rest of them who are important, you know, but just a line or two. Like, here's a little thing about who you need to know. They're important to the story. Right. So as I get to season one, I'll say at the top of season one, here's here's my character, Fletcher. And here's where his his state of mind. Here's here's where he was. Right. And I'll give you some points. I'll tell you a little bit about some of the other characters and where they are. As we move through the midpoint, we get to the midseason. Here's where he's moved on to. Right. Or here's where she's moved on to. Here's here's what she's on the journey to this thing. There's going to be a big reverse around episode seven of this 10 episode thing where this thing happens. I'm, I'm jumping. I'm not giving you every episode. What I see is a lot of people give you beat by beat by beat, just plot, right? I want to know about the character. You know what I mean? So well, if you stay, I, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say um, what you bring up and people need to understand this, um, why TV is a, is some, is a, is a little bit trickier, trickier of a pitch to do because when you pitch a TV show, you have to set up two things in your pitch. You have to set up the pilot, so you got to give sort of a synopsis of here's what happens in the pilot. But you yeah. also have to set up the engine for the series, and so exactly. this is what this is where the show exactly. is going forward. Exactly. So you're kind of doing double double duty in a very short amount of time. And just and okay, there's two other things I want to say real quick. It's like sure. the purpose of these documents. Yeah, it's performative, and you want to try and you know get people to make your show. But you also the, the the pitch also is a way to get people to have confidence in you as a, as a creator, as a storyteller, as a potential showrunner. So the more confidently you have thought out all, you know, all these things, that doesn't mean you give them every detail, but that you yep. know exactly, like you're driving a locomotive and you know exactly where it's going to go. You know when you're going to hit Dallas, you know when you're going to hit Jacksonville, you know when you're going to hit, uh, you know, Baltimore, et cetera. You know, that you are in control of where this... This, this, you know, Linnell's train is going in, this, in the world of story, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing is, don't think your pitch or your series Bible, and you touched on this, Hilliard, has to answer every goddamn question under exactly. the sun. Exactly. What you want to do, yeah. do is just be able to set up enough so that the execs sit there and ask questions, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you can sit there and have a further dialogue. If you have a pitch and they're not asking you questions afterwards, it's a pretty good sign that no one was really leaning forward and engaged. But if they're sitting yes. there and they're like, well, what about this? And did you mean for this to that? Like that mm -hmm. to me, then we can have a dialogue, then it's conversational, then we can, you know, just sort of explore. And then, or you can sit there and be like, you know what? You bring up a good point. I had not thought about that, but it could be that we do explore, you know, uh, sexual harassment or whatever right. it is, like whatever it is you want to talk about. Right. So, your appetite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're not drowning them. Uh, say, say that one more time, Tracy. <laughs> their appetite. You give them just a taste to, to pique their interest. You're not drowning them Thank with you. every last detail. And there you go. I was talking about season one. Here's something I said when I talk about my pitch. I actually stop at season one. A lot of people are like, and then season two, and then season three. I'm like, 
No, you're giving them way too much information. I'm like, I stop at season one on that big, big cliffhanger moment of whatever it is between my hero and my antagonist or whatever the thing is that leads us into season two, and I stop. And they're like, oh, shit, like, wait a minute, well, what happens? I'm like, that's season two. Well, what happens in season two? I'm like, well, let's talk about that. And I'm like, well, let's talk about that, you know? Here's, here's a few beats that I see happening, just broad, right? I know that this character is going to do these things, these things, and these things. And his new opponent in season two is the guy that we just ended with at the end of the, of the season. You know what I mean? Now he's got to battle that thing, and which is even worse than season one. Broad. Well, now, there's a level and then of I might preparation I'm, with that, too. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt. But you, okay. you're, all of that requires a certain level of preparation. Sometimes you're fortunate enough to get the meeting before you've done all of that preparation. <laughs> right. But you got to remember that <clears throat> Linnell was tackling on this earlier, too. You got to save some room in there because they're going to have they're going to want to put in their input. No development producer, executive or whatever producer, whoever you go to is not going to want to go. What if we did this? So you want to give them some room, which is why I don't give you every episode. I give you episode. I give you the pilot. I give you where we're starting in the season. I give you the mid, what happens in the middle, and what happens at the end. I don't give you every episode. I don't give you every beat. I don't or, give you every, or if you, do, if you, you don't want to do plot, do character arcs. Say, okay, yeah. she starts here. Then middle season, she's dumped so-and-so. They broke up. Now, in the end of season, she's thinking about a, a new guy. Oh, it turns out he's, like, you know, if you right. just want to do, if you want to do character arcs instead, that's another way to go. If you don't want to do, you know, like a plot-based type arc for your whole season, I mean, yeah, you should have some sort of plot thing that's sort of driving things forward. I, com I combinate them in the, in the season yeah. one. Mm -hmm. So I, I mentioned the plot, and then I mentioned their arc, and I mentioned the plot, and I mentioned the arc. So I'm constantly combining the two, so I don't have two different segments. Right. You know what I mean? For sure. I want to caution lower-level writers also, though. I mean, sometimes when coming up with a pitch, you can end up spending a lot of time on a pitch. Like... Not only just oh, putting yeah. it together, writing it out, you know, practicing it, rewriting, da da da. And to me, I, I feel like if you're a lower level writer and you're not at the mid level, upper level where they're, they're like automatically, you know, you know, thinking of you as someone that could run a show or whatever, your time might be better spent just writing the damn script. Because at least then that gives you another piece of currency that you have another script that can be sent out as a, right. as a, as part of your portfolio, an example of your voice. I think so, the problem, the problem with that, maybe Linnell, that I'm hearing from some of the emerging writers that I'm talking to, is that you have two different types of managers. For example, you mm. have the manager who wants to, like you said this earlier, you have the manager who wants to focus on staffing writers because they're all about just making that regular check, and you have managers who are focused on being a producer, so they want to package you or you know, come on board as a producer so that you sell that project, right? So, because I have one of my, two of my emerging writers in particular, two of the managers who want them, want them to sell projects, right? Even though they would rather be staffed. So I'm like, is that the right manager for you then? Exactly. You know what I mean? You got to follow the direction you want to go in. You know, just because you have a great idea that actually could be a show that sells, doesn't mean you're ready for that show to sell. You know what I mean? Which is where you're going. Mm -hmm. So I, I totally agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, I just, I, for me, even at my, you know, I'm like, I, 
I have an idea for, you know, like I got this new pilot I'm going to start working on here in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, yeah, I could sit here and I could develop a pitch and have my managers set up meetings, or whatever. But I was like, I personally, and this is just my process, I'm able to understand the world a lot better if I write the script and I kind of get a better feel for the characters and the, and, and where, what I'm living in. And then afterwards I'm like, okay, I got it. Now I know exactly what the pitch yeah. is. Yeah. Now I know I can, and, and, and the pitch to me comes much faster. Cause now I'm just like, Oh yeah, I know the synopsis. I know the, mm-hmm. I know the log line. I know the character arcs. I know I like, I, you know, I can, you know, then the pitch document for a TV series after you've written the script, mm-hmm. you know, you've already got the pilot written. So now the next part you just got to work on your pitch is, the, the series and, w- it's, and where it's going after episode one, that, you know, the, right, the arc right. for season one, or if you want to talk about season two, season three or whatever, or if you want to talk about, hey, I'm doing this a little different. I'm doing it as a, um, as what they call, um, it's an A word, um, like every season is a different um, story, anthology, like a, anthology yeah. series. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, for sure. Um, so let's, yeah. go ahead, go ahead, Trace. You hear the phrase, you know, it just takes one, and that's true, that first one where you get the yes, that one script that's up to par is hot and starts to open those doors. But at the same time, no one's ever said, well, you have too much good material. It's too much material. Like, there's no such thing as too much material that's good. Yes. So I'm with Linnell 100%. Mm-hmm. A lot of that time, that time is probably better spent coming up with another script. Right. Particularly if you only have one you know, or two. Right. Or, or, if, or, or one or two credits. I mean, unless your name is like J.J. Abrams or Shonda Rhimes or whatever, and you can go out with like, you know, pitch, you know, like your, you and your team can go out with pitches anywhere, any, you know, anytime, anybody, whatever. But as a lower level, I'm like, you know, as practice, you know, get in the habit of like maybe write the script first and then worry about what the pitch is going to be after you've really solidified what the hell this thing is. Because as you're right. writing it, it can morph in a million Absolute. different directions. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The, the tone could shift. You could decide right. to focus on the, the, the female character, the male character, the child, you know, whatever, and it becomes a whole different thing. A whole different, um, yeah. 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 I was just thinking about, you were just saying something, Tracy, about um, 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 it was something you were talking about that made me think about the, the, the show Bible. And I was thinking about how, you know, the show Bible to me <clears throat> is, and I was saying earlier, that there's really no rules to how you write your show Bible. But what's the most important thing I think you need in, in your show Bible is this. If you think about this, it's not how do you write it, it's what do you think is important for, if you had a show right now and you gave this document to all your writers, put everything in there that you want them to know. Mm-hmm. You know, well, everything. I think it, you, you hit it with, with tone. I mean, to boil it down, the tone of the show should be expressed through that document. Um, but you also need some, some compelling moments and some surprises. Whatever you feel is compelling and strong, you have to figure out a way to get it in. And it almost doesn't matter exactly where it shows up, right. but obviously it has to be part of that document, just like you need those components in, in, your, in your pilot script and in, your, in that story. Right. So it's identifying those things that are really going to make it stand out and do what you need it to do. You certainly don't want to do it just so that you can say you've done it for the sake. Like, that's not helpful. Right. Uh, it has to 
open the doors and, and create the interest just as, as the script does, which mm -hmm. goes back to where we started. Like if someone is asking for both of them at the same time, that might make me a little bit leery <laughs> as opposed to, well, I read the script and we can really go somewhere with this. Do you have a pitch deck? Do you have a show Bible by any chance? Right. Mm -hmm. right. it's, it's, it's two separate conversations. Right. But like, even I was telling you about like, even in the show Bible, like we were talking about Stranger Things and John Augustino and Javi, <clears throat> all that. And they, if you look at any of their show Bibles in particular, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, most of them start with an introduction of how the story came to them in whatever the tone is, whether it's dark or eerie or funny or whatever the hell it is. Um, and that usually helps you get into the headspace of why. Here's why I came up with this thing. You know what I mean? And so that is a really important element because it sets your passion on the page to the reader who's reading it, right? And they go, wow, that's how this person came up with this story. Whether it's a story about you and your wife on a trip to France and you saw this weird thing happen, it could, it could go in there. You know what I mean? Tell us the story and how it came to you. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Your ability to answer that question really says a lot about you as a writer to Linnell's earlier point. Your ability to anticipate and clearly address mm -hmm. that question, that's, right. that's going to go a long way. Because right. sometimes you'll get the question in the room, and sometimes you won't, but the question will still be there. Uh, that's something writers really have to learn. Right have to be able to answer these questions even if they're not explicitly asked of you in the moment like sure. what is the show engine or where are these characters at the end of the season all of that is important so mm -hmm. bringing it up and kind of knocking that question down to show that you've done your homework that's a you know that's a strength also Right. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one more thing, just to sort of like throw a throw a grenade in, in here, as sure. I as I often do. I have seen circumstances where I know people who had just finished production on their pilot. They're on the phone with the network, and the network is like, "Okay, well, send us that show bible," and they're like, oh, "We, yeah. don't, have, we sure. don't have a show." Like, like they didn't even get to the show bible stuff until after the thing was already made. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. <laughs> I wonder. I we wonder. We have filmed the pilot. What? <laughs> I'm just saying, but, and yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say what network in question it was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> for, for you guys listening yeah, at home, yeah. I just made a little bit yeah. of a gesture to give yeah. my, my co-hosts. An idea. <laughs> <laughs> if we can get the video, I, wait, I, got, to, I got to. I got to mute myself. Hold on a second. Let me mute myself for a second. Give me a moment to gather myself together, y'all. Give me a. Give me a moment. <laughs> I wonder. It, it was. It wasn't something. Okay. I, my point being that, and not every circumstance is the show. The show Bible going to be like. Go, run hand in hand with your development process. Right. You may get to the point where after the show is already, the, the pilot's already been done. And oh, the by the way, yes. yes. And then network like, oh, by the way, and oh, by the way, I guess we need this document, you know? And they just sort of, and this network apparently expected these people to hand it over for free. 
Like, oh, but those, you know, but those things cost money, you know. (laughs) 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 You know, and they were like, we're tired. We just busted our ass to get this pilot shot in the amount of time you gave us and with the little money you gave us. And we don't have it. We don't, we're not seeing no show right now. Oh my God. My yeah, God. but that's, that's exactly what I was thinking, Linnell, was that they were like, okay, we'll shoot the pilot. You, you know what? We might pick this thing up. We probably should get the show exactly. Bible for this. Thing. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I understand the process of why they did that. It is a little behind, but usually it's a step, if I recall, that you have to be paid for. So I wonder if that might be why. Yes. They were like, well, we don't have to do this if we just do the pilot and we never even buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are that cheap. They're that yeah, cheap. Yeah, I got another circumstance where the creator of, of a certain show did oh. not even write their show Bible. So, yeah. I mean, it, it just, I, I just, I just feel like it's not, every circumstance is different and you just have to sure. sort of feel your way through and, and you're working with different networks and different studios that have different, processes and what they feel comfortable with. Like everyone just, they just want to feel comfortable with you as a storyteller, confident in your abilities. So whatever they, whatever you need, assurances you need to give them that you like, I'm the person to do this thing. No one knows this world better than me. I'm, you know, I'm the one that's going to take this ball into the end zone. Um, Whatever that is, if it's a series Bible after you already shot the pilot, you know, I, you know, I don't know, but just right. sometimes you just have to go with the flow. So don't sit here thinking, oh, well, I've got to have this and this and this already done. It's like, you know, listen, I mean, we're not all as privileged as Lena, Lena Dunham. She was the mm-hmm. one with girls, right? Because she okay. walked in with a two page pitch document and got a show in her 20s. So it, just that, that should tell you right away. Now, we're all, you know, black content creators. That's not going to happen yeah. for us. And she got to run the show. Yeah, exactly. That's that's not going to happen for yeah. us. So yeah, it's it's great to have. I just feel like people need to focus on having understanding of your of your script. Like if you look at Mad Men, um, mm-hmm. gentleman that wrote that um, Matt Matt, Wein- Matt Weiner, he had a clear vision. I don't know, and I don't know whether he had a because and he had had that script for years. Yeah, he wrote he, it a long time ago. He yeah. worked on Sopranos and a few other yeah. different shows or whatever, and it was like, um, you know, I don't know if he had a series Bible or pitch and all this stuff. I don't care. It is clear when you're watching a show, this man has a vision of what this thing is that he's trying to make. Like it was a clear arc in season one, what's going on with Peggy. It's a clear thing with Don Draper's mystery of who he is. That's clear through season one. So, you know, if you're thinking about those, yeah, maybe you don't have it all written down in a pretty document or in a slideshow, but if you're, just make sure your intentions are there and they're solid. And again, if, if you've done the work you're supposed to on the script, it's not going to be a big deal to draw from the script to create that show Bible ad document. And even Lena Dunham, you know, it's true. She went in with the, with the small pitch, but she also had this short film and people liked that short film. Oh, she had a feature. She had tiny, a feature. tiny furniture, I believe. It was, it was a feature. So was- there was some work that she had done. <clears throat> Prior to that moment, yeah, she wasn't just an emerging writer in that sense because she did have a product. But she could at least point to something exactly. she had done. Yes, that so shows she- that she knew how to produce, which is the key. Um, so I think she gets sometimes she gets the the. I'm not necessarily a fan of her show, 
Um, I just haven't watched many of them, mainly because there's no people of color in them. But um, I'm nowhere, not saying nowhere she's not. In New, nowhere in New York City. Nowhere in New York City. Ridiculous. It's like, it's okay. ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Wait, is um, Donald Glover? Was he the exception? It's an alternate. Yeah, well, like season what? What season one, was that? One, only one black guy lives in, in New yeah. York. Oh, wow. In that show. But you can you can make the same comment about sex in the city also. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've course. I've seen some of that. Yes. Oh, that's that's yes. that's questionable. That's questionable. Yes. Totally. Yeah. Um I was gonna say something that's something you guys were saying, I forgot what it was. Lena Dunham, the two page document. Oh, yes. So here's the thing. I always tell people this. Your pitch document, like I do my pitches pretty much in bullet points. And, my, and you know, as you know, if you do things in bullet points, that means every line goes straight down. So that means you're taking up a lot of space on the page, right? But it makes it simpler for me than to read these, these paragraphs, right? Or to memorize paragraphs. Now I'm just reading, it's almost like reading a script to me in my head, right? So I always tell people that it shouldn't be more than 10 maybe 12 pages if you're going to go that long at all. You hear about people with 20 pages, whatever. Yeah, Javi and them can get away with doing a 45-minute pitch. You know, they're already EPs and showrunners and stuff. You need to give them a 10 or 15-minute one. Especially <laughs> you know in, this, I mean? in, this, in this Zoom yeah. time that we're in, yeah. people can't, the attention span on a Skype or Zoom or whatever it is that you're on is pretty limited. So where I was going with that, what I found is that, you know, they say like a page is a minute in a script. Well, a page is not a minute when you read it, right? When you read it as a, um, um, in prose, which is how these documents are written, by mm -hmm. the way. So, which, which might be a minute on a page on a screen with two actors reading them. It'll be three or four minutes sometime, depending on how much you pause or do whatever your, your thing is, um, um, on um, 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 whatever your thing is in your document. So you said Lena had a two-page thing. It probably still took her five to six or seven minutes to do that. Mm -hmm. So in yes. essence, people think, oh, it took, she did this in two minutes. Like, no, it took her at least five or seven to do this thing. And, I, and, and she's also an actress, so I'm sure there was some yes. performance involved. And that's where a lot of writers get tripped up because it is a performance. And that's right. where I would say I would encourage people, the more you can do things where you're talking to groups, and get comfortable with being in that setting of eyeballs being on you yes. or, um, you know, even if it's at, at lunch or whatever with your friends and you can just sort of run through the pitch with them, you know, back when we used to sit and have lunch with people, I'm sorry, I forgot. <laughs> um, but, you know, you have to sort of figure out a way to, to sort of, you know, trial run this before. And, and I see a lot of writers are, you know, I hear them, they're like, Oh, they go into a pitch and they're like, Oh, I'm just reading it. And I'm like, Man, I, you're not gonna, I was like, you're not gonna catch me doing that. Like, I'm no, I'm no actor, you know, but, um, and I like to have pages next to me to refer to when I'm talking about something, right. but I try and make eye contact and read the room as much as I can. Um, well, we were talking with Kirk Moore the other day on mm -hmm. the podcast and the show that he just sold, Free Will, he did it on Zoom. Mm -hmm. And he said what he did was like, you see how you guys see me? He did this. He stood up. Here, so he was on top of you, so it looks like he's standing over you. So he did the whole thing like this while he was reading his pages. But wow. he used to be an actor too, so he read the entire thing but just performed it like this yeah. and blah, blah, yeah. and different voices and whatever. Or, so or I you, thought that was or, a smart thing to do. Or if you get your pages to the point where you almost have them memorized, 
then you can do the performance, right? right? And then just sort of, if you get sort of tripped up and nervous, whatever, then you sort of look down, oh, what did I miss? Oh, no, by the way, da 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 da. Right. The point is, if you don't have that script to the point where you know it forwards and backwards and you don't know your world forwards and backwards, it'll be really hard for you to go on the pitch and just sort of have this conversational, extemporaneous, um, you know, feeling discussion with right. folks because that's what you really want. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it just, because if it feels like I'm, I am reading this. I mean, it, like I just did Chandra Rhymes' master class on that, you know, master class platform, her TV writing class. And she literally talks about, you know, she was a terrible pitcher. And for Grey's Anatomy, she sat there with the document right in front of her and read it because she is not, she was not comfortable, you know, being uh, like she's introverted and wasn't comfortable talking to large groups of people. Like, so anytime you can do any kind of public speaking or I don't know, even like a, like you, like Hillary, you talk about it, like with a podcast. Or, you know, and you brought me into doing that little bit of instructing that I'm doing mm -hmm. with um, that other You have group. to be on. You, you have know, to be on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You ha it just gives you more sort of confidence and sort of self-awareness. I mean, I go back to my days when I was the Air Force. There were times, and, and I didn't know this would come in handy, but there were times where they're like, oh, you're briefing the general today. I'm like, what? Okay, uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like the writer's room where they're like, you're on the board today. You're like, oh, I am? Okay, right. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, oh, okay, general's coming in here. Let me make get these slides ready, and and I bet, and I'm not gonna read the slide to him. I need to look at, uh, look at him and read him and know, okay, general's starting to get bored. Let's move this shit along. He doesn't want to hear all the minutiae details. I just need to give him the big facts. We at war. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> You're like general. See all them slides. You a danger girl. You a danger girl. Guys, <laughs> know who you're talking to. <laughs> and be conscious of people's time. I'm sure that there is some Zoom or Skype or Google chat version of a meetup where people can practice their public speaking and just interacting on that. I'm sure there's something out there. For sure. people just have to and and you know what? If there's not, they can ask for it. All you is in this stage, you can say, hey guys, I want to put together this thing on Zoom. You know what I mean? Who wants to join me and fucking 50 people to join you? You know, because everybody's curious to do this process, you know, so it's not difficult. You don't have to go out and look for it. You could start your own. You know what I mean? And and what would be nice is to have somebody in the room who is familiar so that they can help guide you guys through. You can't have a room full of 50 people who never done it before, who don't know how to really give you any, any process. You know what I mean? Um, I was... I've had that unconventional experience too with my my day job when I was running the outdoor science school. We get like two hundred kids every week, and yeah. there's there and you have to like get up and present how the week's gonna be. You got to sell that shit and right. convince. Do you know how hard it's convince twelve year olds who you have never <laughs> met who come from all parts of Orange County and some oh, of Orange, Orange County. That, I, I, that's I a, that's listen, a key distinction right there, Orange listen, County. You just, <laughs> Orange County is not only Orange County, but the mixed in with San Bernardino, Oof. when you've got like all these different kids from my old, and mm. you've only got like so much time to make that first impression. Like I was doing that every week for many years where it's like, and then they will let you know. It's like Showtime at the Apollo. They gonna let you know right there on the spot whether or not they, they are buying what you are selling or they want the next person to come through. So it's kind of like, even though I am an introvert, a lot of times certain jobs or things that you do you can draw from that experience right. and use that in, you know, when you're pitching things to people. So it's kind of like getting up and talking to people and doing stuff. That's not hard for me. It's just making sure the content I have is tight and also knowing how to read the room and know 
they are getting bored right now. I need to switch it up and be able to, in that second, extemporously be able to switch it up, get to the point, and keep it moving. So people have all kinds of different skills of ways to just pull in those things. But I do like the idea of practicing with people, especially in COVID, COVID country, you know, mm-hmm. practicing Zoom, talking to people about certain topics, getting with friends and say, hey, I'm going to talk to you about this topic, you know, whatever it is. Or just pitch to your friends. Like, hey, we're going to have this private Zoom chat or Skype chat. I'm going to present this thing to y'all. And then at the end, y'all critique me. Give me some notes. What? When did you start falling asleep? When did you start getting bored? What piqued your curiosity? What are right. some things you, that you noticed me that I was doing that was like throwing it off? You know, those, take advantage of that, you know? Totally agree. Or, 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 or what, what character do you feel like is working and which one is not? It's and not. I just described to you. Right. Yeah. And right. if you get a lot of reactions where people are like, oh, I'm more interested in the in the second secondary or tertiary character, you're like, oh, you 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 got yeah. a problem. You got exactly. a problem. Exactly. And you best not complain about it in the middle of it. Like, but that's not the character. This the ca- you just take that note and you shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> so Tracy, Tracy and Lisa, you guys are gonna laugh. So I was just while you guys were talking, I was just scrolling around. Guess what I just came across, Lisa? So Lisa and I and Tracy. We used to we used to teach at the organization of black screenwriters, so I was I just pump, I just typed in show bibles of like things that I've had over the years, and I came across a presentation I did at OBS. <laughs> Guess what I called it? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so corny. Writing and selling in two thousand eleven. <laughs> Here you go. Look at Linnell's face. <laughs> wait, wait. You gotta, you gotta start. You gotta start somewhere. You gotta start somewhere. That's right. You gotta start somewhere. I, I was just scrolling through, and I'm looking at some of the things I was talking about that's in the show bible, and I noticed that whenever I've, I've only had to give my show bible to a few producers over different projects I've worked on. And they usually are like really ecstatic about the projects that I write because I'm really detailed. Like, for example, I'll read show Bibles that I'm like, man, I love how they came up with those titles. But they don't even mention why or how they came up with them. I will tell you why and how I came up with them. Like, for example, I had this pilot where every episode was a song from The Cure. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it ties into something for me of why. You know what I mean? So I always say, be, be, you got to be that creative if you can, you know what I mean? About, about different things like that. So, um, um, I was thinking about also the, the, I was talking about how I do the teaser and, and I like to do that in a very visual way. And the teaser, it could be the teaser, the cold open, and sometimes even call it the silent teaser because sometimes teasers open and there's no dialogue at all you know what i mean so it's really up to you so i like to let the viewer know every episode and basically when you're doing your your um your bible it's the template for how you envision every episode so like i'll do something where when i'm describing how the episodes work i'll say every episode for example opens in the middle of a scene and at the end of the pilot it starts in the middle of the next episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? Of the next scene that we just finished and it picks up from where we left. You know what I mean? So whatever the thing is that's part of your gimmick, you know, put that gimmick in there, you know, so that we get a sense. Like I said, you want to write it 
so that whoever is part of your room understands they're inside of your head. You know what I mean? So little things like that. I was just reading this going, oh, yeah, I'm still doing that. Okay. That's funny. So is, is, <laughs> is OBS still around? I hear they are. I know they are. They have a presence on Facebook, but I don't think they're actually meeting. Okay. Well, of course, not meeting right now. But um, okay. Tracy, when's the last time you've been? Um, it's been a long time uh, since I left you. I knew. I knew we were doing that. I knew. Ah. We were doing that. I was just waiting for it. Wait for it. <laughs> yeah. OBS is not active, to my knowledge, as of now. But there is something in the works in terms of um, a rebranding or revamp, shall we say. I wish I knew more, but there's something in the works. And uh, we also lost uh, David Wyatt, who was one of the board members, so that was like a real blow. Uh -huh. And, you know, honestly, other people are, are, are doing other things, so it's... Right. Uh, because I was one of the board members, and I haven't heard anything about it, so I have no idea. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hold my breath as if it was right. going to happen tomorrow. But there are some conversations about it, and so hopefully it will come together, but I don't Because we've been talking about bringing leaving back the Cosby fellow. Well, it's going to be called something totally different, but something in that world, <clears throat> you know, where there's more of a black version of... The thing that I didn't like about it, and Lisa, I know we talked about this years ago, is 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 if we were to do the the Cosby Fellowship again, it would have to be more of a real program, not a program that gets you ready for a program. You know what I mean? That's the thing I think which was a problem. It kept us on being, you know, emerging writers trying to get in there, as opposed to us being writers who are ready to be staffed. You know, and that's the way they always think of us. You know, even even um, like right now, all these studios are coming up with all these new programs for us. They're all beginning programs for everybody you know what i mean they're still going to keep us that oh they came out of that program oh they're you know to be an executive it's like well, fucking was, just hire somebody who's go ahead i'm sorry chris that was sorry. that was always a challenge right. and we all know our dear sister doreen hamilton you mm -hmm. know she fought that battle for a long time it's the same battle yep. I don't. I won't speak for her, but yeah. there are quite a few people that came out of that program who went on to do great things and were in this in positions to to hire people. And you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But that that was, just, that was the battle Doreen was fighting for for all of those years up until. Yeah. Well, let me let me just be let me just say this because <clears throat> um, I feel like. You know, and this is this is off topic, but we're, since we're talking about OBS, we're talking about we're talking about black writers in general, and our and the the constant thing every year is like it seems like we have a glut of staff writers, you know, black staff writers, but where are all the black co-producer producer level and even yes. co-EP level, like it just it doesn't seem like we're we're sort of advancing the way other ethnic groups are advancing in the business. Um, now I've totally forgot my thought. Never mind. Oh, <laughs> black writers, black writers. Um, OBS, OBS. Oh, 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 it's almost. Move on. It'll come back to me in a second. <laughs> I, I lost it. It's all right. Um, it well, really I'll jump good. back. It was really good. And hopefully, hopefully, it'll come back to you. <clears throat> I was thinking about um, another thing that I talk about in the show Bibles. Just looking back on my old 2011 notes. 
I realize what it is. I have to say it. Okay, okay. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Sometimes it'd be your own people, okay? Is the point I'm trying to get to. <laughs> you forgot you forgot that. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm trying what I'm trying what I'm trying to say is we have all these corporate entities that are trying to like, you know, BLM and we care and we're gonna have this new initiative for black writers, da da da. But if we're not helping each other up, like you you like there you go. If we're not helping each other up, if we're having toxic workspaces amongst ourselves, if we're not, you know, yes. doing the things that we need to be doing, you know, okay. it's like we, there's some internal work to be done as well. If if you're, you know, moving up the ranks and you're not looking back a little bit to help someone behind you, I don't know what to say. Right. That's it. That's okay. all I want. That's all I want to say. Right. We have talked about this, Tracy, Lisa, Chris. I know he's not here for years. Tracy, in particular, we've been talking about this for years. The people who have helped us, and I know you can relate to this too, Linnell, because the people who helped you were white folks who first helped, gave you that, that mm -hmm. your first opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's very sad that the majority of black people that I speak to, the majority got help from somebody white. And we right. have powerful black people up there who right. know us, by the way. Right. You know right. what I mean? Tracy, we can go on a whole episode listen, on this motherfucker. Don't listen, let me don't listen, let me get started. Listen, I, I have been to, I <laughs> yeah. have been to Sun, I have been to Sundance. Mm -hmm. And I've been to some situations where you talk to some folk like, okay, whoop de whoop. And I've been in a situation where literally I've been at a conference and walked up to somebody, like one of my favorites is Frank Darabont. Mm -hmm. And just said some shit to him. And he's like, Who are you? Mm -hmm. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, here's my number. Keep in contact. Let's see what we can do. Mm -hmm. where I'm just saying, <laughs> sometimes it's true. It'd be your own people. Like, you know, we could be doing something, but a lot of times that, that foot in the door, that person that says, you know what? Yeah, let's do this. I don't know if it's because that crab in the barrel mentality or it's because it's like, I'm just trying to struggle myself and I can't really do nothing for nobody else because mm -hmm. my boat is a little shaky. I, you know, I don't, I don't know what that thing is, but I would think by now, if, if you studied Hollywood, if you've studied filmmakers, you see that those who have done well are those who have found themselves together, worked together, brought mm -hmm. each other up. You know, I can think of a lot of players that are, are who started off as like maybe actors or writers doing indie films, doing what they can. And as soon right. as one of them works their way up, they bring the other ones up. And the next thing you yep. know, they've got like a whole then they, then, they be, then they become a camp. They become it, like... You know there you what, go. what um um the gentleman FX um um Ryan Murphy has oh, yeah. yes. there. Exactly. I mean yes. or, or or Greg Berlanti mm -hmm. or whatever right. it becomes is right. becomes a, it becomes a Judd Apatow, all those dudes. Right, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. right. Who brought Lena Clearly. Dunham, Dunham yeah. in to you know to bring right. it all full circle. Right. So yeah. So there yeah. are templates that we could really be benefiting from, but I don't know if it's because we're it's I just don't know what that thing is. I don't know if it's because I've just been brought up that way where that's what you do automatically so i don't i don't know i don't know if it's the fear of rocking the boat or trying to like hold on to that little bit of tenuous i don't know real estate they have in the business but i would think that you want to build you know and that i don't know that's just me well that's and we're also we also have an issue where there's a lack of diversity in the executive ranks which i think is slowly changing um mm -hmm. but still it's like yeah, we just need more. We need more people of color in the executive ranks to sort of read material with a different lens. You know, they can pick up like a script from, 
you know, Tracy or Hilliard, whatever, and be like, oh, I, I get what this is. Like, this isn't foreign to me. This, this, I get where this is going, you know? And not um, looking at material that's like 20, 30 years behind where you think that we're at a certain type of black, uh, quote unquote, black content. Because <laughs> there's certain black, black content that I'm noticing that's being put out right now where I'm like, yeah, that's not. Oh, say, say, that's, say what it is. Say, say what it is. <laughs> say, say what it is. <laughs> during this have... pandemic, I am learning to practice grace, Linnell. Okay, okay. When but we'll we, talk. We'll talk a lot. We'll talk a lot. When we get, when we get, we get cold with stuff. Listen, when we get out of the pandemic, <laughs> like prison, prison politics, and, it <laughs> and I can, yeah. and I can really, <laughs> feel it. I can cold. really speak. I'm trying to have some compassion. Because <laughs> when I'm we bring it out of the pandemic, no, no, Lisa, Lisa, what I'm wondering is, is if you're hate watching the same black content I'm hate watching. That's all I want to know is if we are currently hate watching the same shit. We, are, we probably are. <laughs> but I am trying to practice grace. <laughs> but trust me, in my burner accounts, I'm talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm naming names and I'm like, Girl. I hope nobody I hope nobody can trace his IP address. <laughs> Here's the thing. Chris Chris and I were talking about this the other day. <clears throat> is that and we all agree with this by the way, because there's not enough of our content, there's not enough room for us to even say, oh man, that movie sucked. Right? That film, that TV show sucked. Instead, we get all the Twitter coming on us going, why aren't you supporting it? Because there's not enough. You know what I mean? Do you remember uh, when I critiqued Black Panther and oh, the onslaught that came at me? Oh, oh. my God. Every, every little blurred girl from every corner of the universe <laughs> wanted to come at me. And I was and I was one of them. But <laughs> I, understood, I understood where the criticism was coming from. I understood where it was coming from. And, and, a lot of it, and, and a lot of it was legit, you know? But I think in the moment that that movie came out, we were coming out of such a black, dark space in terms of a lot of black things that were happening that we just really needed that joy. And at that time, you know, 2018, after coming through 2015 and 16, with a whole much stuff going on with Black Lives Matter, so much stuff happening, we needed, black we needed black joy, and we weren't going to stand for any criticism of that. Even if it's legit <laughs> criticism, we were not having it. Now, yeah, three years I, later, we can go back and... and yeah, I was never, I was never in, that, in that space of like, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I think you can still have joy and have critique, you yeah. know, like, yeah. I think you yeah. still have both, you know? Yeah. Believe so. me, there's a movie out right now that I think is the worst movie I've seen in 15 years. And people are raving about it. I wish I could but, go in about it. But, but I it, wish I could go in about it. But in its defense, I will say, it hits certain tropes that people need, and I understand why they need it. Horrible. But like I said, it's a great Saturday B movie. What is it? What is I'd rather it? Watch, I'd rather watch Sharknado Part 9 than that. You put some respect on Sharknado. You put some I'm, respect on that name. The reason I said that, because I love Sharknado 1, because I think it's a classic, but then they start getting too campy. And I don't oh, do yeah. campy horror. Yeah, it's That's diminishing, it's diminishing right. returns, but I, sometimes you, you just love the muck. Like, I want to see how low you can really go. And sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes I'm there for it. And I, I appreciate, I, I appreciate good garbage. And I'm not ashamed. I'm not, ashamed. I'm not ashamed to embrace it. 
But Linnell, we can speak offline. Yeah, yeah I, 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 need, I need to know. I need, I need to know because. But like uh, I said, in defense, okay. I, like I said, it hit some tropes that some people really needed during pandemic, and it's perfect pandemic stuff. It would not do well in theaters. I can say that. Like yeah. it would not. It would tank. But for <clears throat> we're stuck in the house. Ain't nothing else. It's given people, certain people who need certain it took, things. It took me four days to watch it. I have <laughs> 10 minutes it? here, 20 minutes here. I'm not going to say it online. I got to know now. <laughs> put, it, put it in the chat. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. We do, we do have the private chat. Go ahead and type oh, it in the private chat. Right. I forgot about that. Go ahead. You have the private chat. Yeah, <laughs> Good Lord. By the way, don't put, don't post this picture anywhere of me with my freaking eyes closed and mouth open like this. Like this is not good. He will do it. He will do it. <laughs> oh, it's that. Oh, bro, oh. oh no, you know what? Obviously, you know what I'm thinking of. Here's what I'm thinking of. I'll type it in. Oh my goodness. Oh what? Oh, that's another one. That's another one. Yes. 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 And, 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 that, and that first one you said, I guessed on listen, that. Listen, listen, that first one you said, yes. However, horrible. horrible. I, I just have to let it go. I have to, like, you know what? Let people get through their little pandemic thing. We're going to have some. No, I, you know what? It, it, it had, I would say not this. Without problems, for sure. It could have okay. been so much more. Okay. Yeah. I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't watched either, so I can't, I can't okay. even contribute. You ain't missing nothing. But I'm okay. I'm, gl- I'm glad that I mean because I was seeing a lot of hype on Twitter like people just like going bananas and like this is the second coming and I'm like okay um, and that lets yeah. you know that a lot of people have not watched a lot of things exactly or or a lot of people have eaten a lot of spam and have not had real ham have, have folks, not had real stuff but Twitter that's the, the problem I have is people get on that bandwagon and it yeah. becomes something popular. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and you, all of us have celebrity friends, right? Whether it's, whether it's an actor or somebody who wrote and produced something or directed something. So sometimes you have favoritism for your friends. But you I drive I mean? my favorites, though. You, you, I'm, I'm just making I a point. I love them, but I drive if, them. If I and knew Linnell, Linnell, for example, if I knew you wrote your episode or two of Black Lightning, I'm going to say you had the best episode, just because. That's well, just I, how I... I I actually did, but okay. Go no, ahead. you know my point. I thought oh, that's again. Is okay. that I'm just going, I'm just going, I'm just going to roll with that. I'm just going to like it more because I know you were behind it. You know what I mean? And so sometimes we have those heroes who are our black, you know, filmmakers, mm-hmm. and we, they're our heroes. And because of that, it's as if we know them. So we lean in on no matter how bad the fucking project is. We still support the damn thing like as if, oh no, we've never seen this before. And I'm like. If we had ten more though that were really good, you'd be like, "That shit is garbage." <laughs> you know what I mean? That's all I'm saying. And I think a lot of times with the particular content, people are beholden to people who've like done a lot of great things in the beginning of their careers, who've broken barriers, who's helped a lot of people. But I will say this: that does not disqualify them. Because let me tell you, when The Irishman came out, and mm-hmm. I love me some Martin Scorsese, I was not happy that it took me days to finish that and i felt like you know what well you needed seven hours to watch it so (laughs) listen but it's like i felt like we you're i felt like it was retreading ground we've been there before 
I mm. felt like it was homecoming week because everybody, and it was good to see everybody come back. But in terms of the level of, yes, it was not that. Although I can appreciate all the actors. I can appreciate the effort that went to it. I mean, I went in because I was interested in the story. I wanted to see what it can bring with it. But it was not good. And I had no problem saying that. Even mm. though I love me some Martin Scorsese, you know? And I think a lot of times with Black content, we're so afraid that, mm-hmm. and, and, and I don't know if it's because it happens, because it does happen. We're so afraid that we say something bad that we'll never get anything made. But I think we do as a disservice when we're not honest about some of the shit that we put out. We, we got to move, move past that and we have to just sort of look at it as it is. And then, yes. then we can start to make things better and not keep regurgitating. Like, it seems like we keep spinning around on a hamster wheel. Like, we're right. not really sure. making any progress. And, you're, and you're filmmakers not really, can get better. Yeah. yeah, and filmmakers can get better from and, that. They and screenwriters too, and screenwriters yes. too, because yes. I mean, like I had some issues with the script for Get Out, and I was like, hmm, let's see next, let's see what the next one does. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Let's see, let's see where, and it's like, oh, oh, okay, we really didn't. Oof, okay, you yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and I have no problem saying that because I, you know, we're going to talk about, you know, I'll say it, us. I was not. I was yeah. disappointed in that. Like I had right. expectations right. and I right. kind of guessed what was happening from the trailer. And I said, well, mm-hmm. let me just watch it, be sure. And then mm-hmm. once I watched it, I thought, you yeah, know you what? Yeah, you predicted it in the trailer. I remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I did, and after I saw the mm-hmm. movie, I was like, you know, this would have been better had it just stayed with the supernatural element. Because now mm-hmm. you're doing too much. There's too many holes in the story. And it, I feel it, like it, it felt like something would, that needed to be workshopped a little bit more. It felt yes. like something that, yeah, okay, get, get some more eyes yeah. on this. Like, yeah. you know, your, your dear, yeah. your close screenwriting friends, look at this, right. go through right. a few passes with you and figure out what the core of it is and what are you trying to say exactly? Because right. to me, right. what work would get out is you clearly had something to say here. Right. You were saying something Agreed. very specific Thanks. about, right. you know, the, this, this, the, the white liberal and how they are coming at this brother who's in their house. Exactly. Like you're saying, you're saying something very specific there. But in us, right. I was like, okay, hands across America. And then I, I'm, I'm, I, wait, what? Where are we? It was trying to do. It was trying to do too much, but not, not, but not really sticking to one thing that was important. And then once it started to try to get into a whole bunch of other things, I thought, huh. And then when people are overhyping and saying this is the next coming of horror, I said, clearly you have not watched horror. Clearly you do not have an experience of having. It ended up being understanding. a Lupita Nyong'o showcase is what it ended up being for me. I'm like, okay, what's Lupita gonna do in the next scene? Oh, she's dancing right. here. Okay, now she did. Okay, like, right. I mean, it's just, you know, it's great for her. But I was like, I, I'm not, I don't yeah. get. And it's like, and that's okay. It's like, okay, but now, but let's not be afraid to say that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, let's see the monolith. next thing's gonna be. Don't all right. have to like the same shit. Right. That's right. That's, that's period blank. My my, there it my, is. my thing of being, being a black person because I was that black kid who, you know, I was into Star Trek and Star Wars and people like thought I was just, you know, back in the day. So it's like, it wasn't cool then. It wasn't, it was like, oh, you're into some white people shit. I was like, no, I'm just into, sh- into shit that I think is cool. And we're all right. entitled to it. And we all squirt, right. you know, all are right. attracted to different things. So right. that needs to be okay. And if, and if, if the Tyler Perry content works for you, cool. Right. You know, enjoy that. There, there's an audience for it, but let's have audiences for a lot of uh, black audiences for a lot of other stuff. Agreed. Right. 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 I, right. I think I think he gets way too much of a bad rap, <clears throat> and I've I've in my past have been one of the people who had it, but I've come to realize that wait a minute, I'm only tripping because there's not more. You know what I mean? I only have an issue with him because there's not more, and also because you know we all know we have friends who work 
for him, and we don't like how he treated him, so we have a little bit of an issue oh, yeah. with that. And, there, and that, yeah, and part of my bias has always been that. But in terms of like the ethic, what accomplishments are, and what it's trying to do, yes. I'm all for it. I'm just like, you did my friends wrong, and I'm still a little hurt from that. So, but I can I can separate those things from that, and yeah. also understand that because I'm one of those people. Even right. though I do critique the behavior with the writers, trust I'm there at the screenings with the aunties and the moms, taking them out to go see it. I'm the one getting the tickets to go see it live because I want to go see black people show up and show out and just be their black little black selves and all the permeations that it shows up in. I'm here for all of that. I'm here for all of that. But there's such a huge diversity within blackness. And unfortunately, a lot of the content that's getting produced right now, a lot of the stuff that's being, yeah, we want more of that. No, I don't want more of that. I want more of something else that I know that is out there that I'm seeing that is not being produced and not being looked at, you know, right. which is unfortunate. So, <clears throat> so let's start to wrap this up. Um, I got to get on another call. I apologize. Um, oh, no, no, but um, hey, Tracy, do me a favor, and Linnell, you chime mm -hmm. in when you feel like it. Just give me like a, an overview again about just like a recap of what we we're talking about with the pitch and with the um, the the show Bible, just to remind people of what they need to be thinking about. You know, you have. We're speaking specifically of the pilot script, so you have what's called a show Bible or Bible, or you have the pitch deck, which kind of combines the two. And the show Bible is... And we didn't talk about the visual pitch right. deck either, but right. that's enough. So there's a visual element to that that the actual script doesn't have. It's specific for certain meetings if you have them. But the the show Bible... And the deck is meant to support the work that you've done story-wise in that script. Right. So none of them are more important than the pilot script. And hopefully it's the pilot script that does the work for you that generates the interest in the show Bible or the opportunity to come in and pitch or the pitch deck, you know, whatever it is. Like right. if someone asks for both documents that should be in no way misconstrued to think that the show Bible is as important or more important than the script. And, right. I'll, and I'll, I'll, add, I'll add in, you know, for the okay. pitch, right. you just, you want to give them moments. You don't need to give them every detail. You want to set up the pilot episode and then springboard into what the series is going to be. Show your personality in the pitch, show that, you know, build, you know, do be confident about what you're saying, so they will have confidence in you. Right. Um, and the series Bible, I mean, you're gonna have to just—I I would say wait until someone asks for it because you know you never know at what point in the process you're gonna need. Be thinking about it, and if if, it, if it's helpful to you at some at some point, you know, do the series Bible, but don't start putting a lot of this other extra content before the actual script and developing the world and the plot and the characters. Like that's got to come first. That's paramount, and the rest right. is just sort of <clears throat> annexes to sort of bolster you know, the script that you've already created. Exactly. And I would, I would just say that you could actually be saving yourself. Cause I, <clears throat> I think it's just because I've been doing this for so long that, you know, everybody's process is different, but I write so many notes and so much, uh, uh, background, if you will, on story and stuff like that about my show that I've actually kind of already built my thing. What I just haven't done it is in the order that I want. You know what I mean? So you can already have that if you want. Remember, you have to go back to your notes 
Sometimes you already have things you're already pulled. I know that some things change, as you were saying, Linnell, like you ended up going to the left instead of to the right with a whole nother, you know, 3.0. But there might have been elements in there that you could use. You just need to change. Mm -hmm. Exactly. For the, for, the, for the document, it just might be a couple lines. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So be thinking as you're building up your world and writing all about your story and stuff like that, that those things already can go into some of these elements that you have now. So you don't necessarily have to start from scratch if you are do it that way. What I was going to say was um, um, be thinking about, I agree with both you and Tracy and, uh, and Linnell and, and Lisa in, on this, that maybe your time is better spent on writing more pilots than it is building both of these, you know, building a pitch and building whatever. I, I would say you probably should at least have your, your like we always call it the elevator pitch on what the project is. That I could say you could write. You do your log line, you do your elevator pitch, you know why you did it, you know what I mean, why you wrote it, and maybe that's all you kind of need at, at that point. You know, meanwhile, you're better off spending your time getting more, more, um, building your arsenal, if you mm -hmm. will. Because mm -hmm. you, like you were saying, Linnell and, and Tracy, I mean, it could take you weeks to build this pitch document. Actually, for me, it takes me longer to do a pitch than it does to do the mm -hmm. Bible. Mm -hmm. Because the Jeez. Bible is already all there. The pitch is very specific. And you, like you said, I have to think performance-wise. I can't mm -hmm. just think about, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible, it could be very... Um, What's the word I want to use? You know, when you write something, it's very uh, 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 textbook. Mm. It could be very textbook. But in the pitch, it has to sound like you're talking. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. So there, are two, there are two different things. So I have to make sure, like I was telling you, when I'm doing transitions, I'm going from one thing to another. Um, and I'm saying, you know, like, for example, in my pitch for Ridley Scott's company, I actually save my why me until the very end, which is, I don't usually do that, mm -hmm. but it's, there's a reason for it. I'm spending all this time talking about all this reggae stuff and, you know, the, the world and Jamaica and all this stuff. And I never mentioned why I wrote it. And finally, I get to the end of my season one and I end with this big cliffhanger and I just sit there for a second and I go, now I know you guys are all wondering, what do I know about reggae? What if I was to tell you I used to be a skinhead? And then I go into me and why, right? And so, but now you're curious again, you lean in again. We thought we were done, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I end it with a really cool thing of why me, why now, and you know what I mean? And et cetera, et cetera. And so, so I don't know why I fucking said all that. I had a reason for it. Um, Talking about uh, pitching. No, well, no, I'll, but I'll say this, sure. though. I mean, the, one of the things I forgot to mention just now in my little summary of what goes in these things is like in both documents, in my opinion, you need to really hit. And then no matter whether you do it at the beginning, the middle, end or wherever, you need to hit your connection to the material and why you were the one to bring this into the world. Like why I can do a thing that Tracy can't do or what Haley can do or Lisa can't right, do. Right. I am the writer specifically to do this because I have done X, Y, Z, you know. Without saying that, though. Right. right. <laughs> I want yeah. to do it because of this. Yeah. You just say, here's why I love this thing. Yeah. Here's my passion. Right. Here's right. a story that happened to me that where this story here's, came from. Here's my Whatever. connection to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's I've actually seen that in people's pictures. They're like, here's why I'm the perfect person to read it. I'm like, to write this. I'm like, oh boy. 
No, no, no. But, I mean, you know, what What I did in terms of I had have the script about two, you know, military women who are injured in the war and they come back and have to rebuild their lives. Right. I was like, well, I, I talk about, you know, my Air Force background and I talk about the fact that on Veterans Day, how much it bothers me that I could walk around my Air Force gear on and no one fucking mm. says happy Veterans Day to me at all because they assume that I'm the sister, the wife the daughter or whatever, oh, they don't actually think that I'm a service member. So I'm out here trying to change the perception of what people see in their minds as what, a, as, as what a military member looks like. Mm. It looks like me. We're moms, yeah. we're daughters, you know, we're, we're among you, you know, mm -hmm. so. That's a good pitch. That would make me lean in. I like that a lot. Stick with that. That's good. Well, thank That's you. Good. That's good. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, cool. I know we can go on and on and on talk about this. I apologize. I got to get on another call. But like I said, we'll have... Yvette, you know, Vargas or, you know, Pilar, somebody come in and really go more detailed about, you know, pitching. This is just our overview about some things you could be thinking about and pitching and um, um, show Bibles and stuff. Like I said, we're in a time now where managers are asking for these things. <clears throat> so it was just like something that occurred to me and maybe we could just talk about some things that writers could be thinking about. But I, actually, I love what, what you and Tracy said, now that maybe it's just not what they should really be focusing on. Um, however, what do they do when they really want to sign with the manager and they want said project, said document, you know, to already be on it and be starting little, their own little small versions of it so they can put it all together later on, you know, um, just but working on it slowly and not, oh shit, my, this new manager wants me to come up with a Bible and I don't have anything. It's like, well, you should have been slowly developing some of those things as you were going along anyway. Mm. You know, that's my thought. Um, cool. So where are you at, Tracy Grant? Um, Twitter at the real Trey T H E R E E L T R A Y, Instagram Tracy Grant five four three nine, Facebook the whole thing. Hit me up anytime. That's what You still teaching them goofy motherfuckers? Yes, if you're a goofy dude <laughs> and you're having trouble in that area, I will. I will help. You. <laughs> Be free of charge. Are you like a life coach? Is that what it is? What is it? I lost you. Oh, he hit his mic. He's on mute. He, he hit on mute, mute Mike. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Goofy dudes who have trouble, you know, romantically. Yeah. I'm able to help. He's <laughs> <laughs> kind of tongue in cheek, but yeah. Right. Where are you at, Linnell? I mean, I, I want to know more about this class. This, <laughs> I mean, she want to sign up. Well, <laughs> like, like life advice kind of thing. Okay. Not, based not on your, based on your, but based on your own personal experience, like were you a, a a goofy dude, and you I and you never, finally? I was never a goofy. <laughs> I did. I did learn over time from from some missteps. Yeah, and I saw a lot of goofiness. Right. So. Right. Your wife is, is she a therapist? I forget what she is. She is. Yes, she's right. in that. So they so they have a very interesting dynamic in the things he's learned from her that he's observed being a person who studies human behavior too. So, yeah. But this isn't all about them like trying to get women like some sort of incel stuff, right? Like this isn't you know what I mean? Because there are classes where it's like, let me let me show you how to you know, get chicks. You know? It's like <laughs> not a class. But okay. you can ask me a question if you have a situation that you're not sure about, you can ask a question Before and I will give you the right helping. answer. <laughs> okay. Where you at, Linnell? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Linnell White, uh, L-Y-N-E-L-L-E-W-H-I-T-E. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, but mainly Twitter is where I'm hanging out. Awesome. Lisa Lisa Colt, jam. 
I'm at uh, Twitter at what fresh hell is this and over on Instagram at what fresh hell is this Lisa, even though I don't really post on Instagram, I just kind of follow people and see what they're doing. I mean, I keep my distance with Instagram. I really do. Yeah. I really do. I just let me just see what y'all are doing. Great. Let me see your photos. Gay, whatever. Or let, me see my what, Facebook. let me see what yeah. actors doing freaking thirst videos and thirst trap <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm like, check to see what y'all doing. And yeah, and on Facebook, I just keep my Facebook private. That's just like family checking in, let people know I'm still alive, I'm here, and then just see what everybody's doing. And But I'm not really active on Facebook all that much. Like I peruse through and I'll post some things remotely, but most of the time I'm, I'm typically on Twitter because it, it's quicker, faster, you know, 140 characters. It helps with my ADHD to like, that's it, go, you know, as opposed to Facebook where it's like, oh God, I got to read this whole, read more and all this stuff. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm there. Awesome. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter <clears throat> at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR on Twitter. Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you guys listen to. Um, subscribe, share the show, all that other stuff. Um, you can go on our website, screenwritersrr.com. Um, you can buy T-shirts and mugs and all that other stuff and support the Patreon page, <clears throat> all those cool things we have. Say so Chris will be back next week. Um, I think we're going to be doing Brian Fuller next week. From Well, hopefully, because I know American he said it's this, this, week, yeah. this weekend is his birthday weekend. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he's a cool cat. Um, actually, Jeff Thorne said he might join us next week, too. Nice. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so we got some cool stuff coming up. And um, what was I going to say? It's something else I was going to say. What's so funny? What y'all laughing at? She's snorting and stuff. Oh, <laughs> hell no. All right, I got to get I, on this other I call. Film <laughs> no, yeah, little pictures and stuff popped up anyway. Uh, all right. All right. Anyway, well, thank you guys. You guys know how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? It is, it is what it is. What it is. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerd got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room.